Hello, hello, and welcome back to Girl We Gotta Talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. You guys are in for a treat. I had on Hani Anise. She's the founder and creative head of Anise Collections, and she's also the founder of Kahani Digital. So she is just absolutely crushing it. She's pursuing both of her entrepreneurial instincts. She founded Anise Collections, which is a luxury South Asian bridal boutique. Like the creations that she's come up with are absolutely stunning and she helps brides and grooms, bridesmaids, groomsmen um, find their dream outfit for their big day. And during her senior year of college at Townsend University, she kind of discovered that this was sort of her passion. And post-grad, she went, you know, the traditional route, though. She still stuck with, like, what she went to school for. She went into investment banking and then kind of just figured out, like, hey, this is maybe not really what I want to do and turned that passion um, that she had and turned it into something so much bigger. And, um, yeah, she's been working with small businesses. And just like I said, she's absolutely crushing it. So right now, she has an agency as well, Kahani Digital, where she targets um, South Asian brands and entrepreneurs. And so she's created this like cultural awareness um, for those businesses and brands. And she is telling their story um, through social media and digital marketing. And you guys, just like talking to her, I felt so inspired. I think that we all kind of have maybe this idea of where we want to go in life, what exactly we want to do. And then sometimes it always, like, it doesn't always stay that way. And we have these thoughts and dreams of like, oh, you know what? I have a passion for this. Like, maybe I should go that route. Not all of us take that route, though. We stick to what we know. And uh, Hani did exactly the opposite. And she went for her passions and she knew what she wanted to do. And I think that that's amazing. So it was really cool kind of picking her brain. Um, we talked a lot about like the business side of things, like how she, because I think that's the other thing. We always hear of all these like business women and businessmen kind of starting something from nothing, but no one ever talks about like what exactly that means. So she kind of broke it down for us and she's just super inspiring. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did and learn a little bit. And then also feel free to reach out to Hani. She is such a nice person, like literally the sweetest person. Um, and I'm going to list all of her info and her websites below in the show notes. So if you want to check her out, if you want to follow on Instagram, all of that good stuff, all of that is there for you. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Girl We Gotta Talk. I'm here with Hani Anise. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat. I am so excited to chat. We are actually closer than we thought. It's so funny. I have all these like guests on and everyone's all over the place, but it's so fun. We're in the same area. Um, so I'm excited to meet you in person, but I am so happy you're on today's podcast. I think this is going to be such an inspirational podcast. Um, you're a business owner and we are going to learn so much from, I think your journey to like where you are now, but before we jump into everything, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> First one is your favorite show right now. Okay. Well this weekend I binged Bridgerton. So I guess that counts. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've only watched the first episode of this season. I haven't seen anything else, but I am already like, I mean, I'm obsessed. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I binged it last year and I just like, I had nothing to do this weekend. So I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> uh, Bridgerton. Perfect. Um, what is your favorite product of all time? It could be anything. 
Okay. So this is one that's like more of a recent favorite, but I've used it my entire life. Like, so we use coconut oil in our hair to like, um, that's been a recent trend, like oiling. Um, but I've used it since I was a kid. I hated it when I was younger, but now I've gone back and I like actually like it. So yeah. Okay. And then what is a hot take that you have? Okay. Yeah. So I, actually never got into Game of Thrones and I don't like it. Um, a lot of people give me a lot of hard, like I, I get a hard time about it. So. Yeah. Okay. I've never watched it. It's fine. Okay. So we might get a lot for about that, but it's fine. We're about to yeah. get backlash. We're about to yeah. get backlash. Yeah. Um, who is your celebrity crush? Oh my gosh. I have many. I'm trying to think of one in particular. Um, well, this is an oldie, but goodie, Zac Efron. Stop. Yeah. yeah. That is my OG. Everybody knows yeah. I'm obsessed. Okay, cool. So I, let's jump into like who you are. Um, can you just explain like where you grew up and where you went to college and like kind of your, your goals with going to school and like career wise, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I'm honey. I grew up in Maryland. Um, Currently am in Rockville, Maryland. So we're pretty close in the DMV area. Um, so I went to Towson University, which is in Baltimore. Um, so not too far from where I live. Um, when I went, I was looking to go into pre-med. Now you will learn probably through this conversation that that definitely changed, but that is what I was going to school for was I was pre-med, I was bio and chem um, when I entered college. Was that something that you were just always interested in doing? Like in high school, you just thought like that was the path you were going to be taking? Yeah, I, um, in high school, I pretty much had taken every single science class that I could have, um, besides like the advanced physics, cause I didn't like that, but like everything else, like anatomy, biochem, any of those, I took all of the APs. So by the time I got to college, I was just like, okay, this is all I've done and this is all I like. So that is the path. Yeah. Like it makes sense. That's what you've done this whole time. When yeah. did you start to realize like, maybe this isn't the path that I want to be taking? Cause I think college is such a good, like college is where you really discover who you are yeah. and really what you like. And I think there's so many people that go undeclared because like at that age, when you're 18 and you're going into college, you're like, okay, I don't know what I like for me. I wanted to be like, in law enforcement and like be a detective. Like, I don't know wow. what that was. And then senior year, um, and moving into freshman year of college, I was like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and so things change and you start to learn a little bit more about yourself. Did it happen late in college or was that something that you always had in the back of your head? Like maybe this like, isn't what I want. Um, so I had always done something creative from a young age. Um, I will say like, I'd always done that, but I'd never considered it as like a career option. I was always just like, okay, I'm good at science and math. So that's, that's the career option, you know, and then everything else is a hobby. So funny enough, even in high school, I took AP ceramics. Like that was another AP I took, but like, oh. that was like a hobby. And then I, yeah. So when I got to college, because of how many APs I had taken in high school, I actually went in as a sophomore um, with enough credits. So I was able to place out of a lot of intro classes, but what my school's like honors program did was we had to take mandatory like business and like English seminars. So I directly went to those and then all the upper level sciences. So literally in my freshman year, I was taking like like within a semester, I was in like orgo and 
anatomy one and like all of those. So I very quickly realized, um, especially I will say with anatomy lab and orgo, um, both those classes, I like looked at them and I was like, if this is how the rest of my eight years are going to go, there is because, because of med school after I was like, there is no way. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, and it's such a commitment too. there's so many years that you're committing to that profession. Yeah. So like you, I feel like you really have to know, like you got to be a hundred percent. Yeah. And I was like, I would look at that stuff and I would honestly, it would be like, I would kill myself in the library every single day, like actually trying to learn the information. And it's like, I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to, but I was studying so hard. And I was like, if this is not naturally coming to me, then there is no way I can spend like eight to 10 hours in the library every single day. Like that's not feasible for me. So when did you kind of make that decision and that switch of like, okay, I need to focus on maybe something else, maybe a different path. Like, were you, was that like nerve wracking? Were you scared going through that? Like kind of, I think realization of like, this is not, this is not it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, so I got to the end of probably no mid sophomore year. I made it till there. Um, and in December, when I came home for winter break, I was like, I, I told my parents, I was like, you guys, this, this isn't going well. So then my question, literally my question to them was like, what do I do now? And they were like, what do you mean? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, you have to realize for the last like six years, I haven't done anything else. Cause I like, didn't do, like, I did all the science classes, all my internships too. Like we're in research, we're in a hospital, like they were all like that. So in my head, I was like, I don't know if I'm good at anything else, you know? So, um, at the time I feel like the generic option, I was good at math still. So the generic option was to just shift to business and do finance, which I don't regret. Um, but that is again, still not what I'm doing today. Um, but yeah, that I kind of picked that on a whim because I felt like it would be the most well-rounded option and it did end up being that for me. So that's what I ended up pursuing. And luckily I know it's like a big switch from like bio to business, um, or, and especially with finance, but like, I had enough credits, like I said, to like be able to facilitate that in a pretty smooth manner. So luckily I was able to still like graduate in four years and my timeline didn't get messed up because I made that drastic switch. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out. Do you feel like there's any pressure for you to just push through and continue with the pre-med like route? Or did you feel nervous about telling your family or nervous about telling your friends of like, Hey, like, I don't know if this is what I want. Or were you just like, I'm confident that this isn't it. And like, people are going to support me in that. Was there any like worry there? No, there was because, um, I like, it wasn't pressure from my parents. I would say it was more internal pressure that I thought that they would be mad. So I struggled with that for a long time. And then I really, I knew that my mom like really wanted me to be a doctor at some point. So with that, I was like, oh man, is she going to be upset if I don't do this? She really wasn't when I told her, but it was more like me overthinking it and being like, oh my God, they're going to be so mad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, for me, like I tell everybody, like I'm, I'm definitely, there's a part of me that's a people pleaser and like, I don't want to upset people with like decisions I make, but I think at the end of the day, like you trusted your gut and you chose something that you were maybe not feeling and taking a different route. And I think it's working out for you. Um, I think we should get into what you're doing now. So you graduated with a business degree and then you, what happened post, like post-grad, like right out of school, did you get into a job? Like what was your, your journey there? Yeah. So 
Um, so I graduated in 2017. So like winter semester um, is when usually all the banks and stuff do their jobs, job fairs, job offers, all of that. And I wanted to go into investment banking was like what I had decided through finance. Um, but unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, I don't at this point, but I at the time did not end up receiving any offers from anywhere that I wanted to be. Um, and so we had vacationed in India that um, that winter, and I ended up kind of deciding that I wanted to start my own company. So my first company at that point was what I ended up deciding I wanted to just start just because I didn't have a job offer lined up. And I was like, let's just see what, what happens. Um, and I kind of pitched the idea to my parents and they were okay with it. Um, they were, they wanted to help me out. Um, so when I came back in February, I started my clothing brand. Um, and I did that while I was graduating as a senior. So when I graduated, that is what I had. Um, and I had that for about a year until I actually landed my corporate job in investment banking, which is really funny because, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see it playing out that way, but yeah, that's what happened. Okay. So talk to me about the clothing, um, clothing line and all of that. How did you get into that? What, what like drew to doing that? And how was that process of like, I guess, even starting all of it? Yeah. Um, so clothes, so, so my clothing lines, luxury bridal for South Asian, um, weddings typically. Um, so it's brides and grooms and bridesmaids and groomsmen for the most part that I work with and everything's custom made to order from scratch. So I had always been interested in like clothing as a whole, but like specifically um, with South Asian clothing, like we don't get to wear it as much here as we would have if had we lived in India. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd always love the opportunity to wear it and just go to weddings and that sort of thing. Um, so I knew that um, in 2017, my friends a lot of them were two to three years older than me and they had started like getting engaged and like having events and things like that. And I knew that in the DC area, especially there isn't that much um, in terms of clothing here to for, for people to purchase and even custom made to order really wasn't a thing when I started. Um, and so people's only option was to go back to India and not everyone had that option because it's just so expensive. You can't get off of work and like, all of those things. So I saw the problem and I was like, all of these people are like around my age slash a little bit older. As I get older, there will be more people that age that'll like have the same need. So that was really the, the deciding factor of me starting was, was just that. That is like, I mean, you found like a need for something and you were like, I'm going to be the one to fill that need. Like that is so that's amazing. First of all. So what was that process like of like ramping up the business? How did you like find out what you had to do? I mean, like I, obviously you went to school for business. So you had like a little bit of a foundation there, but how did like all of that play out? Yeah. So, I mean, I went to school for business, so that was nice, but I didn't go to school for international business and international Mm. business is completely different. Right. So, um, for me, and, and also I didn't go to fashion school. I think that's the biggest thing to say is I, when I started, I knew nothing about like sewing a garment or like any of that. I had taken basic, like, you know, um, you sew a pillow and home ec and stuff like that in high school. But like, I'd never taken any sort of professional, like pattern making anything of that nature. So, um, I was just kind of going in blind, um, 
we ended up sourcing a lot of our manufacturing teams actually through Facebook and Instagram, which is kind of crazy to say, but that's how we did it. And then um, a couple months after I sourced them, I had like ordered sample pieces from them um, because quality was the biggest thing and it's bridal. So you like really can't mess that up right. at all. Um, and I only started in women's wear first. Honestly, I just wanted to do bridal and within like six months, I found a need for men's wear too. Cause everyone coming in was like, okay, I, I have my outfit, but my fiance and I'm like, uh, I can't help you at this point, yeah. but we figured that portion out same process by like sourcing people through Facebook, DMing them, then calling them and them getting a sample made. Um, luckily we didn't lose a lot of money in this process because you can, um, cause people can trick you or, you know, things sure. can happen, but I have family that in the various places that we have manufacturing teams. So we would just have our family go and check them out and verify that they were good and that they had like ethical practices, all of that stuff so that we could really look at the whole picture. Um, and that's how I initially started. Um, all of the manufacturing teams that I currently have are all five years old. Like I, I haven't lost any of them wow. at this point. I've kept them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, like incredible that you were able to just like kind of do all of this on your own and figure out like, okay, there's a need for this. This is how I'm going to do it. And I wouldn't even have thought to like source it through Facebook or like things like that. And like yeah. finding things like that's crazy. So when did that start? That started like when you got out of college to now. So how has the process been like these last couple of years? Yeah. So we hit our five year. It, we will hit it in two weeks on April 14th. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So 2017 is when we started. Yeah. Um, since 2017, I mean, in 2017, I started with completely different model. Like I always knew I wanted to do custom, but I think when I started, we did a lot of like wholesale to retail. That was the model. Um, and I very quickly pivoted into like, this is not what I want. Um, so 2017 was a lot of like figuring out exactly how to get what I wanted. And that by the end of that year, I was good there. 2018 is when brides like came back to back. Um, and I started doing, you know, in 2017, I did one bride in 2018, I did more than one bride. So that's when that kind of started tr trickling in. And then we were doing really well in 2019 and we were excited for 2020. And then the pandemic happened. COVID, yes. Yeah. So when you think <laughs> about COVID and you think about weddings, those two do not go together. Nope. We shut down pretty much instantly as COVID hit because COVID hit India also before it hit the US. Um, so all my production teams were shut down from March in 2020 to July, August. So that was like a no production. And luckily, Luckily, I had brides during that time whose orders were held up, but they all either their weddings got moved or um, they were in the fall. So everything came in and nobody's wedding got missed or anything. But I had a lot of vendors that like missed people's weddings because they weren't operating. Yeah. So COVID was hard. Um, but then now this year, as we're coming back from like learning our new normal, I, I should say weddings are pretty much back in full swing and we are incredibly busy because it's everyone's weddings that got canceled the last two years. Everyone's that got pushed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then all of 2022's people that have already planned to get married this mm -hmm, year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a crazy time. What a crazy, crazy, like industry to be in right now. Yeah. Um, 
What is like something that you wish you knew when you first started? Honestly, I wish I knew like more about the fashion industry and just more about like the technicalities of sewing and fabric and all of that. Because when I started, I took a trip to India that December. So that's when I actually learned. But when I actually started in April, like I would just say ideas and I wouldn't realize that the logistics of that idea were probably really complicated. Yeah. I like what went into all of that. Like, yeah. Okay. So I want to move into, so you, okay. So you have this, have all of this going on a crazy life. And then you start Kahani digital. Can you explain why you wanted to do two things? Cause that sounds like craziness. Um, you're like, I have a lot going on. Let me start something else. Um, but I can relate. I'm, I'm there with you. Can you explain like what your inspiration was behind building all of that out and doing Kahani digital as well? Yeah. Um, so this goes back to the pandemic because what I had done was in 2019, I quit my finance job that I had. Um, and I was like, I'll take a six month break and then go back to corporate in 2020, um, and build Anise collections was my plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I did do that. And then we get to 2020 and I actually got a job in finance again and in marketing. It was a hybrid role at a venture capital on March 15th was when my offer came in. I went to the office to pick my stuff up and then never went back to the office until I had to drop my stuff off when I quit. So I had that job and then Anise Collection shut down. So I had more time on my hands, but then I was also doing marketing and I really enjoyed it. And I found an opportunity working with Natalie Barbu when she launched her agency. And so I was working with her on small business side. I was working in the corporate side in finance between the two, I liked the small business side a lot better. Um, but I did have the free time to do both. And then we get to like September of 2020 and I did not have free time anymore. Cause again, my production opened, everything like was kind of coming back. And so at that point, I really like had to think about like, do I really like small business or corporate and like what I want to do with that. And in 2021 was when I finally made that decision after like the winter break and stuff, I went in January 4th. And I quit my job that like in the new year. Wow. Yeah. Um, Because I had a bunch of like freelance clients too, from just being in the small business world of doing marketing. I think what happened was that during the pandemic, everyone learned that like, if you have a physical storefront, you still need a website. You still need an Instagram because nobody can come because of COVID. So how else are you supposed to, you know, get the word out? Um, And so digital marketing as a whole, I blew up a lot more during COVID and a lot of brands that were in my network had no like infrastructure of doing marketing themselves. So they were reaching out to me because I knew how to do it. Um, And in 2021 was when I started Kahani because I had so many of these South Asian owned brands that kind of needed me to help them tell their story. Um, and, And they were just like, giving me work. And I honestly, I, my plan was to go completely freelance. My plan was not to start an agency at all, but when I went completely freelance after quitting my job, I got such an influx that I needed to hire people and Mm -hmm. I like had to work backwards. So it's funny that I say that because my original, my first business, I went through like the stages of, you know, starting a business. So like getting it registered, building the brand like palette and brand guide, naming it, all of that. With Kahani, I did the exact opposite. I had all the clients first, 
then I was like, oh no, I need to register this company. I need to hire someone. So I hired someone and then I worked on the branding and the website. So the branding and the website didn't come until July, but I was really doing it to, since February of last year. What a crazy experience. This is like, okay, first of all, I commend you for one. I think like all of this is just you realize that you can help. And that's where all of this started. So like, I really love that about like how these were both created is like, you were like, okay, there's a, there's a need for something like, let me jump in and and fix and help. And I love that. What? Okay. So explain to me how, like with the process of like bringing people on your team and finding clients. Cause I, you're, you're targeting like South Asian businesses, which I love. Like, what is your, how, how are you? So is everyone coming to you? Are you like trying to find people or how is like, what is your process? I guess. Yeah. Um, so when I started last February, it was really just word of mouth. Um, because again, I didn't have like a social presence. I didn't have anything. I literally, I had maybe three freelance clients and then I had Natalie that I was working with still. And she was a huge support too. I told her, I was like, I think I should do this. And she was like, yes, a hundred percent you should. And so she like had people in her network too. So it kind of just like, I quit. And then people were like, okay, you quit your job. Here's more work. Right. And that's how it snowballed. Um, what I've cold pitched here and there, but honestly, a lot of my success, I would say has come from networking and just word of mouth. Um, word of mouth is honestly one of the best forms of marketing. Um, even Anise collections, I have brides telling their friends and then their friends come because they're getting married. So that's the, I've seen it in both businesses. Right. No, it's so important. I think people forget about that. Like people are always like, I mean, people talk and like, it's sometimes even just a natural thing of like, Hey, I like looked up this place. Like I got my dress from this and it's like, Oh, where? Boom. There you go. And there's two more clients. Like, it's so crazy. Do you have any advice for people that are maybe trying to figure out their own path of like, wait, I'm in a position maybe like you were, where you were like going pre-med and you had this like idea in your head of what you were going to do. And then maybe they're feeling like, eh, it's not really what I want to do. Do you have advice for people to just like how to figure that out and how to navigate that to begin with? Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly. And I wish I had someone there for me to like talk to when I was going through this, but like, I think it's just like, I found the most success with talking to people or networking. And I think networking is really important, whether you're doing it in a personal setting or a professional setting. Um, I think people get scared. And I did when I, back when I was like in that boat where I just would think that, oh, if I try to talk to this person, they're just going to blow me off or say no or whatever. But I think what you have to realize is that's the worst thing that can happen. Right. So if they don't respond or they say, no, it's not like you don't know them or like, even if you do know them, it's not that weird, I think. But then if they do say yes, then you get like a nice amount of insight to actually help you. Um, I think that like really helped me was just talking to people and figuring out what my options were. Cause had I not done that, I don't think I would have even stumbled upon either business idea. Um, yeah. So yeah. with Kahani Digital, what are like the exact services that you provide for people? Just so like, if someone's listening and they're interested, what are those services that you offer? And like, how does that process work? So with us, we like to think of digital marketing as like a whole umbrella. I think a lot of people get caught up in thinking that it is just social media and 
it's, it's actually not right. Like digital presence goes to your website. It goes to blog posts, email, all of that. So we encompass it as a whole. And then when a brand either approaches us or we approach a brand, we talk to them about what their needs are um, and custom build packages. I don't offer like the very standard, like I know a lot of agencies just offer like this is our Instagram package. This is this. That's not what I like to do because oftentimes if I'm driving traffic from your Instagram to your website and your website's broken, then I also need to fix that. It's not like one or the other for the best result, right? So um, that's how we approach it is we want to kind of know what your overall digital marketing strategy is, what your goal is with your business, and then figure out also what your budget is and then how we can help based on all of those things. And then we have a PR like agency partner as well that we work with. So um, if the brand needs PR, then we, we bring her on board as the expert and then she will help them, you know, get those editorial podcasts um, even broadcast placements, um, and then influencer partnerships along with that. I love that. Okay. So as far as like the biggest lesson you've learned with like all of this and starting your own businesses and kind of just like figuring it out as you have gone on, what's like the biggest takeaway, the biggest thing that you've learned through all of it, would you say? I I think, so there's one technical one and then there's one just like mindset one that I have. The technical one is like hire a good team. Um, I know you asked about that earlier and I like kind of glossed over it a little bit, but like, I think that's been the most beneficial for me has been like the people I bring on. Um, and they don't necessarily have to be good at everything I'm looking for. I think what I look for in terms of hiring someone is more the personality and the culture fit. Um, because Mm -hmm. there are technical skills that I can teach but you can't teach like, you know, personality or a culture fit like that's, that's just not possible. So I really like to look at like loyalty, interest, all of that so that they're happy in the environment they're working in. Um, And so that's my one technical one. Um, The mindset one would be like, people can be mean um, when you're doing something that's not traditional. Um, But what you have to remember is that what I've had happen is that people, when I started Kahani, when I started Anise Collections, people, some people in my immediate circle were definitely really like not nice. But when I found success later on, they were nice again. So I think, Mm. yeah. So you have to remember to look at it that way and you kind of have to not get wrapped up in it. I have had countless conversations with my parents where I have been wrapped up around it. um, People in our society, family, um, so on and so forth. But you just kind of have to remember why you're doing it at the end of the day. Why do you feel you are getting like backlash or like that kind of response from this? Cause I feel like this is, this is like, I mean, someone's starting a business. Like, I feel like if you have a close circle, they should be supportive. What do you think was like triggering that kind of reaction? I think cause it's different. Um, and people like people, especially the older generation, um, with Instagram and with social media as a whole, being in marketing can be tricky, right? Because even working with influencers, when I worked with Natalie, a lot of the times the question I would get would be like, what does an influencer mean? What do you mean they make money on like YouTube or Instagram? Like, what does that even mean? And like, I understand why that's such a hard concept to understand because it, I mean, you know, it's very new. We didn't have this five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that's kind of where it came from. And from like people I went to school with or friends, it still was very different because I wasn't doing, you know, the corporate nine to five. And when I graduated, it was hard because I didn't move out because I was saving money because I was starting a business. I wasn't able to hang out with friends all the time because um, I would be doing these bridal expos. So I would be meeting with clients on week weekdays and then I would be doing these expos on weekends. So my schedule has always been very non-traditional. Um, even now when I work from home, it's been like some days I'm traveling like three weeks out of the month, I'm not here. So um, I think that's why, just because it's been so different that people just have a hard time wrapping their heads around it. I mean, I guess that's fair. Do you feel like you, I mean, obviously that's really tough on you. Did that ever discourage you from like continuing or were you just like, this is just like not the best situation, but I'm going to keep going. Cause this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I'm passionate about. It's part of the reason why I did go into corporate. I think, um, initially, cause I didn't have a corporate job for a year after I graduated, but part of it was obviously income because I was running out. Sure, um, yeah. The second part was that like, oh, this is normal. So this is what I should try is what's normal. And I realized that I just couldn't. Um, yeah. So, and then I did, and I can't even say that I tried corporate only once and kind of knocked it because I tried it twice. I tried like it for twice. Two years yeah. and I was just like, I, I can't. <laughs> And you know yeah. what? All you can say is you tried. I mean, and it's so crazy to me that we have that still in, like instilled in us that we have to go to that nine to five because like, that's all we've really known. And that's what the standard and the, the tradition is, I guess. Um, I feel like we're slowly evolving to something different. And I think it's a lot more common for people to go off and start their own business or maybe even just like traveling and not necessarily working all the time or just freelancing. And I think now that work can be remote. Like we see that a lot more. And I think we're getting yeah. to like that being the new, new normal. I think there's hope that like, there's no more judgment, you know, that's going to come with anyone that chooses to do this. Like, I just think it's important to find something that you're passionate about because at the end of the day, like if you're working in something that you aren't truly loving or truly like really enjoy, then it's not really worth it, you know, but it is yeah. tough to like, to make that change. And I think recognize like, Hey, this is not what I like, where do I go from here? But you did that and look where you're at, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important to remember what you just said is that if you don't like some people are happy with not like being in love with their work, you know, like that's sure. fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're the kind of person that really needs to love what you do and you find that you're not there, then that's what you need to find is like, what do you love to do? And what's going to like wake you up every morning and feel like, yes, this is exactly. And and to that point, I'm not going to say that, like, I wake up every morning and love exactly what I'm going to do. That's, I have bad days too. And I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it like that. But 90% of the time when I wake up and I'm working on Kahani stuff, or I'm working on a design for a client, I'm happy with that. And that's why sometimes I'm working like 12 hours a day, because I'm so engrossed in what I want to work on that I just don't want to stop. Like, yeah. and that, that's, what's nice about being in this field now is that I can feel like that and not feel like, okay, when am I going to clock off? When can I leave? Yeah. And um, that's the best feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID changed. I think COVID was part of the change in terms of making remote work more accessible to people. And then, um, empowering people to do something else with the amount of time that they had after work. Um, yeah. 
It is funny too, how COVID really changed. I think a lot of people's mindsets because we ended up having so much free time that people are like, what are my hobbies? Like, what do I like to do? Because we are so like encapsulated in our work that, I mean, before we were just going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. We didn't really have that, like, you know, space or time to really think about that stuff. So I think it's really interesting, like how many people have sort of found those passions and found things they like to do and how different people's lives are now because of that, which is crazy. It's so yeah, and people want to make time for it too. That's the thing is like now that the world's going back to normal slowly, people are still like, yes, but I have this class I want to do, or I have this business I'm working on or like whatever, because honestly, during COVID was when a lot of my friends came to me and were like, you know, I'm really good at this and I really want to start something with this. How do I do that? And before they would have probably never thought to do that. Right. Yeah. So crazy. Do you have any advice for just people start like wanting to start a job or like a business of their own just initially out the gate? Yeah. I mean, um, my biggest one is like, if you've been thinking about it for a while and it's something that has been over and over going in your head, you have a vision board about it, or like you just, it's something that has been keeping you up at night that you do really want to do. Um, I know a lot of people get scared about the details, um, which it is fine to be, but like, I would say just do it. Um, cause some of my friends in the past have said like, oh, I'm just waiting for the right time. Or like, oh, I'm just waiting for this or waiting for that. And what I've found is like with both companies being so polar opposite on how they started, like there really is no right time. It just kind of happens. So if you start doing it, it like, there's no right time to start. It's just start and then it'll fall into place. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Okay. So what is in your future? What are you hoping for the next couple of years with these businesses? Like, what are you looking forward to any specific like dream clients? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, for my clothing company, I'm just looking forward to like delivering all of these bridles that I have going on for the next two years. Um, some really cool brides and some people that really want to do like different things. I don't make the traditional red and gold outfits that people like see all the time. I really make like unique pieces and they're all like the bride's vision and mine together. So I'm really excited to make these pieces. So I'm really looking forward to that and just growing from there based on like the response from these pieces, how people like them and just to see that. Um, and then with Kahani, um, you know, that one. Um, so I'd really love to get into the corporate space and bring back South Asian culture to corporates. Um, that's a dream project that I'm working towards um, is, you know, um, as we approach holiday season with the Bali kind of becoming more mainstream and a lot of people knowing about it now, um, how do I like step in and help corporates with their marketing for that specific holiday or, um for their employees and like doing events for their employees or something like that. So that's something I'm working on. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I love that for you. Okay. So where can people like find you, your pages, your company, like Instagram wise, how can they contact you if they're interested? All of that. Instagram is the best place. Um, it links to all of our websites. So Kahani digital is just Kahani.digital on Instagram. And then Anise collections is just collections one um, and both of them kind of link to my personal page. So you can always 
DM me if you have any questions, email me. Um, more than happy to answer any questions about like starting a business or just anything as a whole. I'm happy to be a resource. Oh, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. Are there any just like key or like last takeaways that you want to like share with anyone? I mean, I just want to wish everyone luck on their, whatever their journey is on their passions, like just good luck. And like, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. We're rooting for you. (laughs) Yeah. We're rooting for you. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Um, I will link her websites and her Instagram and all of her contact information in the show notes. So if you want to reach out, definitely reach out or share with your friends if they're looking for digital marketing or if they're looking for any bridal um, anything, because obviously like your creations are going to be stunning. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. This was so much fun. Thank you. I had a good time and I hope we get to meet a person soon. Yes. Let's please meet. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Grow We Gotta Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a new episode. You can also follow Girl We Gotta Talk on Instagram at Girl We Gotta Talk Podcast and on Twitter at GWGT Podcast for live tweeting and all your favorite pop culture updates. If you want to watch full episodes, check out Girl We Gotta Talk on YouTube and find all of your favorite episodes over there. If you like today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit the five stars or leave a review and let me know what you thought. I seriously love hearing your feedback. It really means the world to me. Thank you guys again so much for listening and talk to you guys next week. Bye.